Welcome to Fox Force 5. I'm Kelly Crichton and this is the lovely Nicola Murphy. Hello, Nicola Murphy. Hello, Cesar. How are you? I'm pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. I've had a hectic day today, but um, it's all good stuff. Like just the, my life that is a roller coaster of admin at the moment. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. stuff like trying to get... Catching up. Yeah. Stuff like trying to get a new car sorted, but we bought a new car today. Oh, congratulations. So we're cruising, girl. Cruising. So yeah. what did you buy? What did you buy? So I don't know. I don't want to like... We bought a Volvo XC60. Ooh. No, I was just going to say... The reason I asked you that is because when we were kids, our mother would always have a Volvo. So I feel like you've just like me. I know. Well, that's our mother. That's just what I was about to say. I've become the soccer mom. Yep, that's very. Um, yeah. No, it, it, I've always liked Volvos. I suppose, yeah, I liked them as a kid and all that. But like, they're just like like many things Swedish. They're kind of cool and understated and very safe mm, <laughs> and yeah. so comfortable. Oh my god. When I test drove this car, I was like, I love it. Um, and it's, and uh, I didn't realise the uh, there was heated seats. And I was like, feeling a bit warm. <laughs> <laughs> so our current... You always kind of make me feel like I peed myself. That's <laughs> <laughs> a bit longer than Do that warm. Do you not think that? I'm always sitting there and I kind of forget. And it's like, it's kind of that feeling of like peeing in the water. <laughs> Uh, that's not what sprung to my mind but I know what you mean <laughs> and I was relieved to find the button that was like I could turn yeah. it off because it's actually quite warm but uh, no it's really cool I'm really happy with it we were a bit torn between that and another car but we wanted an, a bit of an upgrade so we've done that now and yeah so exciting but um, we got our mm. insurance sorted out for today as well and do you know how much our insurance was for the two of us for the year? Oh god like a quarter of what it is compared to this country Two hundred and eighty pounds. Wow! Oh my god! I think in I Ireland think, for maybe two grand. <laughs> I, no, I think my our last insurance was about five hundred and fifty euro, but that was for mm. a smaller, smaller engine car. Yeah, you know, which is weird. The whole thing, but um, yeah, sure, we were delighted with ourselves, but um. Yeah, so yeah. so that was cool. That's life admin, so this week car <laughs> insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. <coughs> Trying not to die. <coughs> yeah, something went with my breath there. Oh, I have. And some tell me, how was your? Um, I was going to say, how was your gig last week? Did you, you didn't contract uh, COVID? That's not what you're. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I've done a few. Um, Touch wood. Remember I was saying that I got the lateral flow test, so I've done a few of them since just to be safe. Oh great! But, um, so handy, isn't it? Yeah, they're totally handy. But no, the gig was great. Like it was. I was a bit nervous. I said that. And then mm. when we turned up, like there was a kind of a bar bit at the back of it. So we sat outside and it was pretty quiet out there. So that was quite relaxing. And mm. then we came in, there is a balcony in this venue. So we like, oh, we chance the balcony. And luckily we got a gap at the top of the balcony, you know, and it was like, oh, this is okay. perfect. And then didn't somebody like wedge in beside us, like right beside us. I was like, oh, no. And they were a nice couple, actually, but... They were drinking away, so they weren't wearing their masks, you know. So okay. I I played the fuddy-duddy card and just like stepped back, you know. I was like stepped, yeah. a, stepped away or whatever. But it was still perfect because there was literally no one else behind us or anything, you know. So um, it felt safe in that sense. But yeah, oh my God, when the music started, that feeling in oh, your chest, oh, in your God, heart. And it was like, oh my God, live music. 
just yeah, is amazing. amazing. I mean, it could have been a tin pot bend, like, and you'd be like, this yeah. is amazing. But um, no, Maximo Park wouldn't be my favourite bend, but really enjoyed them. Good high energy mm. and the chat was good by them and all that. And um, they played all their hits as well as all these songs after their new album. Brilliant. And uh, I really enjoyed it and just cruised away home Aww. afterwards. Now, the one thing that I didn't really like, like this vin- venue is quite a dingy kind of, it's a cool venue, but it's quite dingy, you know. Yeah. And um, so they, they were using plastic reusable cups. So oh, no. And they're, yeah. and they're black and it's just like, oh God, you just feel a bit dirty drinking out of them. So I was like yeah. wiping, <laughs> wiping the top of it furiously. Um, oh, they're like the ones that are like the hard plastic mm, that they wash themselves. Mm, I see. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Although yeah. I'm sure it's the Still dishwashers though, they better. use are probably way cleaner than the dishwashing we do in our sinks. But um, anyway, that was a bit. And, you know, door handles and card machines and things like that. You're just a bit conscious of. But um mm-hmm. You know, feel the fear and do it anyway and hope for the best yeah. and all that jazz, you know. So Here we just have to get on with it. And um, I actually just got a pop up on my phone to say that Cabinet Agrees reopening plan here. So we're oh. pretty much moving to the same as what it is in the UK, I think. And by the twi- mom's birthday, which made me laugh, the 22nd mm. of October, everything is going to be hopefully back to normality. Freedom Day in Ireland. Freedom Day. Yeah, mm. exactly. But I think um, mass and stuff like that. But the music to see, like, even bands coming back. Back to pubs. I can't wait to sit in a pub with a band. <laughs> so that's going to be sooner, but I think I have a bit next about week. it. Next week. Yeah, next week. I had a bit can't about it in my now. music news, but we might have to bypass that now. <laughs> but oh, um, sorry. Ignore, ignore, ignore. Okay, we better, we better get know, on with it. So before it I put a, my foot in the end. It was only a tiny bit of it. So, um, yeah, so that was the gig. And what did I do something else since? No, well, I'd... I'll tell you my news. Yeah. I purchased my wedding dress at the weekend, <gasps> Kelly. So. <laughs> the biggest news it's ever. official. It's oh, official now, you know. Said, what's the dress? <laughs> said yes to the dress. Oh, my God. How yeah, do you feel? Mm, like I need to go to the gym more up until <laughs> December. Well, listeners, I yeah. can tell you I have seen Nicola try on this dress and it is <laughs> knockout one million dollars. Oh, you're just going to look yeah, amazing. Jer is a lucky, lucky boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, so that's exciting. So when anyway. do you go back now for your next? Yeah, fitting? December. After well, she said, "Oh, do you want really to come back in December to fit?" I was like, "No." I was like, "I'll come back at the end of November." <laughs> Probably okay. like put on the weight I lose for <laughs> yeah. and then like lose it again after January. But uh, now it's nice. They're quite chilled, so it's good. Cool. But it's another job done. So yeah. Wow, makes it a bit more real as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it's fab. Exactly. Exciting times. Um, Oh, yeah, well, that was enough. That was a big job to do in any week. So, yeah, well done you. And um, what else was happening? We talked about, oh, the Kerry football was a disaster, wasn't it? (laughs) Jesus. Maybe we shouldn't talk about that at all. (laughs) Mail for Sam. Mail for Sam. It was fine talking about um, Corkett and last week but not Kerry this week but anyway yeah. moving on okay we'll get started so um, number one one my first piece today is about kind of this news of people being allowed back to the office and stuff like that and it's about things people do at work that maybe they shouldn't do you know yeah. Um, mm-hmm. if you want to be kind of considered for uh, promotion that kind of thing and mm. I saw an article about this on I think it was evoke.ie uh, so it's just three things that we're going to talk about, but I thought it'd be good uh, little discussion points. So number one, um, over apologising. I'm sorry. Mm, Should I say that again? Yeah. Over apologising. 
Uh, mm. If you become known as too meek or timid to ask for what you want, people will quickly learn that they can walk over you. Similarly, if you're apologising mm. every time you request some time with your boss or before you suggest something, your team may start to question your confidence or ability to get the job done. Remove the word sorry from the top of your sentences and keep your questions simple and straightforward. Such as, can we meet to discuss this project? Save your apologies for when they're actually necessary. I think this is kind of an Irish thing as well. We say sorry about everything, don't we? It's one of those. Yeah, I suppose. I'm trying to think. I was trying to think there, like in work environment. Like sometimes it's just quite annoying as well as somebody who like, you know, has managed people now for a few years. You know, you're, you don't need to be apologetic. Like if you just want to ask for somebody's time mm. as well. And like if the person continually does it. It just can be a bit like, oh, my God, you need to just stop, you know, and it gets to the point where it's actually annoying. So does it make you think, oh, grow a pair of balls? Come on. Is that what it, the way it yeah, makes I you don't think? know. It's yeah. just unnecessary. Like, you know, and I think, you know, like maybe in the past and stuff like people, I don't I don't know. I just think it's a strange kind of thing. I wouldn't do it now personally. Like, you know, if you're going to ask someone for the time and mm. they, they make time for you, that should be it. It shouldn't be about like interrupting them, especially if your job is like somebody's job as a manager or whatever their job is to literally manage you know to spend yeah. time with people mm-hmm. to spend time with their you know people they work with or whatever it may be why should you apologize for that you know so mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting the one. only two instances i can think of me saying sorry recently are i called someone the completely wrong name last week oh yeah oh god <laughs> Because it was that thing where they were on somebody else's Zoom account or whatever and it, the other name came up. So I called them by the other name, even though I know the person's name perfectly. It was rather oh embarrassing. No, but anyway, awkward. yeah, I had like apologised in the meeting, then apologised offline afterwards. It was like, oh God, cringe. And then the other thing is, I think you would apologise like if you are really interrupting somebody, you know, yes, there's an actual yeah. rudeness thing. You know, if you're like, I'm really sorry, but I have to have this because I need to get this done and it's really urgent. But yeah, yeah other than that, yeah, don't apologise for trying to get your job done. But sometimes I think it's well working from home now you know and video calls and if you had a big group it can be kind of tough sometimes to kind of um speak you know not speak mm. over each other mm-hmm. so i do find that you kind of have to apologize a bit for that and mm. if like anyone has a lag or anything mm. everyone can end up talking over each other like you know not really on purpose so i'd mm-hmm. be quite conscious of that although mm. you're not doing it intentionally i would still probably apologize for like you know in case it came across rude or whatever but Agreed. other than that like i don't think you mm. know yeah. I mean, you need to be confident in your position and mm-hmm. in your company or whatever because people will just know you as something else then you yeah. know be confident and mannerly uh, mm. the second one is treating work emails like text messages we message friends and family every day and so many of us have our work emails on our phones even though we probably mm. shouldn't. Uh, it's understandable that two sometimes merge. However, it's vital that you keep your work communication more professional than your personal messages. Eliminate mm. multiple exclamation marks. Uh, these make you look juvenile and could lead you to being taken, not being taken seriously. If you're excited about something or congratulating a colleague, one exclamation mark is plenty and forget about those emojis. I'm all for that. <laughs> like, like I, I think that's maybe potentially for younger listeners, you know, or, although maybe mm. I'm being ages there um but you know that sort of almost text speak you know which mm-hmm. is kind of coming more into regular parlance you know it's um i think especially i mean it's one thing in like a group like chat you know mm. like work chat is mm. one thing but in email work email i think you have to be very careful what you write and like all that sort of stuff you know yeah. i'd nearly be more conscious of it in an email than i would do it in like a mm. chat channel or whatever you know yeah Keep it more formal, 
peeps, mm. uh, being available all the time. We all want to be seen to be dependable and good at our jobs. Unfortunately, that sometimes leads to people being way too eager to please and can ultimately backfire if it turns into a regular occurrence, which is another of the workplace habits you want to avoid. Being mm. too available for everything could lead others to view as a bit of a pushover. If you're not careful, you get stuck with every task from organising birthday cakes to coordinating activities for the away day. <laughs> Unless they're part of your job description, simply say, I can't do that right now as I'm uh, as I need to get actual work project done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think there's a bigger problem than what we're talking about right there in that if you're always making yourself available to help everybody like you're going to be on 24-7 like you're going to be checking yeah. your emails at night you're going to be doing it first thing in the morning you're not going to give yourself proper lunch break you know oh I'm always here I'm always available blah 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 nah like you need to focus on things and shut off and you need to shut off in the mm-hmm. evening you know I mean I guess if you want to check your emails or whatever but like don't be replying to everything at all hours. Don't be doing big chunks of work, you know. And so oh, it's so bad for you and your mental health as well. Like, I mean, you have to just shut it off. Like, if you set a, a precedent, hours. like you're in trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think anybody who has like, I don't even have my work emails on my phone. I couldn't. I just think that's so toxic. Like, I would definitely be checking it and looking at it and stuff like that. I just couldn't do it. I prefer to just have a completely separate environment. And like, even when working from home, that you go into your office and you're working, and when you leave that, you're not working. You know, mm-hmm. so you're not the lines aren't blurring between like working and not working because you're in yeah. the same environment all the time. You know, so yeah. we talked about yeah. this before. The right to switch off, didn't we? So mm, um, yeah. yeah. One of those things, bear in mind, I think now, especially like like we're saying, because you're going back into the office. So there you go. I wonder how many will go back to the office now, though, you know, because mm-hmm. like they're saying, oh, teach their own. But I know like my com- my company, I don't think they'll go back mm-hmm. um, for another good few months. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of feel like for me, I was working from home anyway. I had the luxury of choosing to go into the office mm-hmm. once in a while if I wanted to. So I'm in a very privileged position. Mm-hmm. But like to the people that are now working from home and it suits their life so much better mm-hmm. to now have to go into the office is kind of scary. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and probably like going to be quite a bit shocked to the system going back into it. So I think so. It'll be interesting to see what happens and what companies do. Like I know my own company, they're saying two days a week, mm-hmm. people who are even full time on site in the office can work from home mm-hmm. but it'll just be yeah I think it's definitely going to change things for, for this is actually uh, something we're going to cover in my new podcast uh, oh. The Reset Room uh, which is available will be available on all pa- podcast <laughs> oh yeah self plug self all plug, podcast whatever. platforms very soon yeah the first episode it won't be of the as good as work. this podcast <laughs> but it won't be as liberal as this podcast probably uh, but yeah I'm, uh, we can say whatever the heck we want <laughs> yeah we can motherfucker <laughs> so I'm that one um, I'm going to be talking we have two life coaches working with us and we're going to be talking about that kind of anxiety about going back into the office and um, you know like things will have changed and there's the whole physical anxiety but then there's stuff like you know you might be doing a different job you might have more responsibility yeah. you might have taken on more responsibility at home you might have and, more kids now than yeah. you did before you worked mm-hmm. you know the people's lives have changed drastically in the last two years mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. just mad yeah it's mad. very interesting to see what happens so I let you know when that's coming out. Let's you can uh, wait with bated <laughs> breath. Um, but anyway, there you go. That was number one. Over to you, Nicola. Number two. Two. Two this week. Actually, I hope people have watched this because if they haven't, they've been really missing out for the last, I don't know, six years. So I don't know if you watched this. Did you ever watch Grace and Frankie? No. On Netflix? No, I know what it oh. is, but I haven't watched it. No. 
Okay, so I'll tell people about it just in case they haven't watched it because, oh my days, it's so funny and it's back now just for a few episodes because obviously with the pandemic it delayed everything and, you know, they're obviously older ladies and an older cast so they mm-hmm. stopped everything during um, 2020. Okay. So Grace and Frankie is an American comedy series starring the absolutely drafted gorgeous, I can't believe she still looks so good, Jane Fonda oh, and five, Lily yeah. Tomlin. Um, so obviously everyone knows Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin you'd know from she was in the West Wing she was um, actually Bartlett's receptionist in the West Wing she's been in loads of stuff actually so um, if you look her up you'll know exactly who I'm talking about but also in the cast are people like Sam Orson and Martin Sheen himself is actually in this too so just to give you a bit of a premise without spoiling it so it has been on since 2015 so hopefully a lot of you have actually watched it but if not it's basically about uh, two couples man and wife um, and they basically it turns out in the first season that the two husbands of the two couples so Martin Sheen and Sam Morrison have had an affair so they've actually fallen in love with each other and they're gay men so and apparently it's been going on for years and years and years and the wives didn't know anything about it so that's kind of the whole premise of the first season so it kind of turns into from a love-hate relationship with the two women to kind of more of a friendship developing because obviously two husbands are together and they're it's getting bizarre. married now <laughs> and yeah but it's brilliant so it's all about their relationship Grace and Frankie and as like the seasons go on they kind of come up with business ideas including like uh, geriatric vibrators and things like that like vibrators <laughs> for women with arthritis it is so well written uh, Lily Tomlin who plays Frankie is like massively into weed you know she's kind of getting stoned and stuff like that whereas okay. Jane Fonda's like a fan of the booze so it's quite funny okay. you know, seeing the way that like yeah. they, this, these storylines play out they have kids as well so one couple has two boys other couple has two girls so you kind of start to you know follow their lives too their love lives and everything that's going on there and they mm-hmm. are brilliant characters mm-hmm. um, very very entertaining all together so this month uh, four episodes, like I said, have come out. Part of the last season, I think the rest are now being shot, so they'll be out early 2022, which is mad. That's 2022, but it is well worth it. Each episode is about 40 minutes long, and each season is long enough. There's a good like 12 or 14 episodes oh. in each season, so you have a good bit of watching to do. But it's very lighthearted. Sometimes like super, even emotional. The way they do mm-hmm. it's such a lovely story that develops mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Jane Fonda, I could just watch her all day every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that woman is just so absolutely gorgeous in the style and it and everything. She's just fabulous. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the characters are excellent. Even the two lads who get married, like um, Martin Sheen's character, is just brilliant. And they're retired lawyers, you know. So like, it's mm-hmm. quite funny the way that it develops. And um, yeah, so it's just really, really good watch. I would when- Highly recommend that. Would you say last season? Is it the last season or the do you last mean? season? Yeah, okay. no, it's, it's just because I suppose they're kind of getting they're old, old too, you yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, so um, but and it's one of those seasons that like it's actually amazing it's gone on for this long. Not that it didn't get mm. better, mm-hmm. but just because they are that bit older, they're mm. all older. Like mm-hmm. the four main protagonists are all in their eighties and nineties. Like, wow. yeah, <laughs> you know. So, so tell us their um, name again and where we'll find it. Grace and Frankie, and it's on Netflix. And actually just there a while ago, I was just looking up kind of top 10 just to see what else is, is trending at the moment. And I see that there's a new movie where they've remade She's All That to He's All That, Kelly. Oh. It looks 
absolutely shite, but really? it's number two uh, in Ireland streaming at the moment. So an influencer uh, specializing in makeovers bets she can transfer an unpopular classmate into prom king in this remake of the teen classic. She's all that. You would, though, wouldn't you? You would watch it, wouldn't you? Well, you'd stick it on. Yeah, I'm kind of tempted to watch it because <laughs> I really like the original one with uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, remember? Yeah. And what was that girl's name? She was in everything back in the 90s, all, all the teeny, teeny flick movies but yeah so that looks terrible so maybe I'll watch it and talk about it next week I'll you know what else is starting uh, this week is I don't know what it's going to be like is um, Glow Up Ireland yeah I love Maura so I'm really looking forward is to it watching Maura it pre- that's presenting it yeah oh, Maura Higgins is presenting oh. it yeah yeah oh sure we talked about the Glow Up didn't we a few weeks well yeah. it was a few months ago now on here mm. so yeah the Irish version I think it's going to be on the player so you should be able to get it I think you can watch um, it anyone who doesn't know what Glow Up is it's about makeup artists MUAs and mm. um, not necessarily just makeup but you'd call them special it's effects it's kind of like special effects it? nearly makeup yeah. yeah we did talk about it one week mm-hmm. on here the BBC one was on Netflix as well I think it's which is there. totally um, enthralling totally enthralling yeah. you just get stuck into it like and like I think I said at the time like a lot of the people on it are quite young so it's a nice insight into kind of young generation and their their kind mm. of style and culture and all that stuff so it's cool yeah, young yeah, team. it's going to be interesting to see the Irish one, I think. So I'm really mm. looking forward to it. It was only shot like last month or something, so it'll be interesting. But Sometimes I love you her. Find I could watch her all day long. Oh, the accent. If still. it's <laughs> the same uh, production company that makes the British one, it'll probably be good because that's what yeah. tends to happen. You know, if it's the same production mm. company, they do apply the same production values and it works out well. But And casting and stuff like that. But um, the only update I have for you on the TV front is we started watching Vigil on BBC Ooh, One. What's that? <gasps> Loving it already. Oh. Um, it is new drama, Sunday night drama, BBC One, uh, with Saran Jones as a police detective who gets sent to a submarine where there's been a death. Oh, I have heard. Isn't it from the makers of Line of Duty? Indeed, it is. Oh, yes, I've heard about this. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she is a cop. She's like... <sighs> First episode, there's a bit of, you know, there's going to be a bit of jumping in time because Martin Compton, who is the wee man, as we call him, in Line of Duty, um, Mm. he is in it, but he's the person that dies at the start. So you're like, Uh, oh, right. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of like flashbacks and stuff like that because they wouldn't have just hired him to do the first 30 seconds of the program or whatever. So it starts off and it's um, these fishermen in a trawler. Next thing the trawler gets stuck in something and they get pulled into the water and it's really dramatic and blah, blah, blah. Ooh. And then this sets in chain a series of events that leads okay. to that guy. Well, we don't know yet, but he dies, that that officer, who is mm. Martin Comston, um, on the submarine. And the cop is sent out to investigate and it's classic, like, more to it than meets the eye. Um, mm, some of the good. most of the people on board are really shutting her out but you can kind of tell there might be people who are going to open up to her meanwhile back on dry land her partner in inverted commas who also may be her partner uh, in bed <laughs> mm. um, is investigating and she's coming across all sorts of things as well but she can't they can't communicate with each other there's no facility for them to communicate the person on dry land can feed info back, but there's no like private way for them to correspond kind of thing. So mm. she's yeah. having to relay information via memories or things that only she would know. 
So you're kind of having an insight into their relationship. It's mad stuff. Oh. Anyway, very good. That was the first episode. Second episode was that on last good, yeah. last night, and she's great, Seren Jones. No matter what she's in, she's oh stop that, that Doctor Faster. Although got really frustrated, she was brilliant in it. Oh, she's brilliant, and lots of good actors in it. You'd know lots of them. Uh, lots of familiar faces. So, and then the whole kind of. Um, the whole claustrophobia of the submarine, you know, it's oh, good no. setting. Nightmare. For, yeah, good Yuck. setting for a kind of a, you know, slightly edgy thriller type thing. So there you go. That was that. Yeah, I haven't really watched an awful lot otherwise because it's a bit hectic. But um, actually watched about, actually watched it with the back. It was after the, the, the volume wasn't on, but Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves on Saturday <laughs> night. Oh my God, what a film though. I was like kind of tuning into it every now and again and it was like, the it must have been massive budget when I think about it, like you yeah. know. And I forgot we Christ- it at Christmas time actually as well. <laughs> I forgot um, Christian Slater was in it. I was like, woohoo! Mm, and um, he's so handsome. He's so oh, young in it. <laughs> stop the lights! But um, and they're all and so Morgan young. Freeman. You'd forget that the cast in it totally. Yeah, besides, and Mary you know, Antonio, who whatever happened to her? She was like the girl of the early nineties. She was in like everything. That curly hair girl. Yeah. Marion in it. Yeah. 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 Mm, she hasn't been in much else. No, isn't it weird? And she was huge then. It just shows you the way looks come in and out of fashion. Yeah. You know? Because she, well, she's very classically beautiful, isn't she? Like, she yeah. that part well. Yeah. Her appearance. Yeah. Very kind of classic, like Renaissance painting classic kind of yeah. pretty. But, uh, yep, that was it. So that is the television for the week, is it? It is indeed. Television. Enjoy. Okay. Number three, Fox of the Week. Three. Uh, okay, Fox of the Week this week is questionably a new departure for Fox of the Week because we've had men and we've had women, but we've never had a potential transsexual slash intersex slash hermaphrodite. We don't actually really know. Uh can you guess who this is? <laughs> oh God, I'm not sure. I'm nearly afraid to guess. <laughs> so this person was commonly known as Dr. James Barry uh, when living, but was born Margaret Ann Bulkley, which I find difficult to say. Um, so Margaret Ann was born in Cork, but lived as a man during the Victorian era, era in order to be accepted first as a university student and later as a renowned military surgeon going by the name of Dr. James Barry. Barry. Uh, Bulkley, which I'm going to stumble over every time I try to say it, um, was born in 1789 and graduated from the University of Edinburgh in 1812 before becoming a surgeon in London. Um, Before retiring, Bulkley had become a sworn enemy of Florence Nightingale, risen to the second highest medical office in the British Army and improved conditions not only for wounded soldiers, but also for native inhabitants performing the first successful cesarean section in Africa. Oh, wow, mad. So, we don't know much about Barry's childhood. She was, I, I've kind of jumping between pronouns here because she was a she for a while and then she became a he and we don't actually know to this date whether the so person... maybe just use they. Yeah, I have been, I use they, they as well, but when, but then I was thinking about it and they identified as a man. So it's surely it's a he, is it not? Or maybe I should say he, I'm going to say he. It's hard to know. Anyway, uh, he was educated with the intention of becoming a tutor. However, it doesn't appear Barry ever worked as a tutor and rather a plan was hatched to get him into medical school. He became James Barry and remained thus for the next 56 years, graduating in 1813 
and passing the exam of the Royal College of Surgeons of England. He joined the army and was posted to Cape Town. He remained there for 10 years and advanced through the military hierarchy, being highly valued by representatives of the crown there. He oversaw many changes like improvements to sanitation and water systems, improved conditions for enslaved people, prisoners and the mentally ill. He also performed one of the first known cesarean sections in which the mother and child survived. The child was named after him and the name has been passed down through generations leading to Barry's name being borne by the a later pre, Prime Minister of South Africa, J.B.M. Herzog. Barry had multiple postings throughout the British Empire of the time, including Jamaica, Mauritius and St. Helena. During a posting in Malta, he dealt with an outbreak of cholera. He moved on to Corfu and then Canada, where he was granted the rank of Inspector General of Hospitals. Wherever Barry served, improvements were made to sanitary conditions, the diet of both the soldiers and other underrepresented groups. He was outraged by unnecessary suffering and was vocal in his criticism of this treatment by local officials, which sometimes got him into trouble and led to his arrest more than once, being demoted on occasion. He was a vegetarian and teetotal, which of course was not common at the time. He died in London in 1865, having been forced to retire through old age and ill health. The charwoman who laid out the body sought out Barry's physician, having not been paid for her services. The death cert said Barry was male. The charwoman said otherwise and that, in fact, the female body showed evidence of childbirth. When she wasn't paid, she went to the press. Further investigations didn't really clarify the situation, but there's evidence that a child had become part of the Bulkley's family and that this child may have been born of the sexual abuse of Barry as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an incident in South Africa where a court case was taken involving Barry and another man for buggery. The case was dismissed, but Barry attended this man on his sickbed in England, suggesting there had been a relationship beyond friendship. In another interesting episode, Florence Nightingale wrote about meeting Barry. Wow. She's, so during the Crimean War... Barry got into an argument with her, apparently. (laughs) Um, And she wrote, I've never had such a blackguard in all my life. I who have had more than any woman than this from this Barry sitting on his horse while I was crossing the hospital square with only my cap on in the sun. He kept me standing in the midst of quite a crowd of soldiers, commissariat servants, camp followers, etc. Every one of whom behaved like a gentleman during the scolding I received while he behaved like a brute. (laughs) (laughs) Barry would never allow anyone into the room while undressing and repeated a standing instruction that in the event of his death, strict precautions should be adopted to prevent any examination of his person and that the body should be buried in the bedsheets without further inspection. Mm. Some historians pronounce the theory that Barry was intersex. Other historians, biographers, feminists and LGBT theorists have voiced the opinion that the intersex theory is an attempt to undermine that someone born female could have achieved as much as Barry did. With one biographer yeah. writing, Dr. Barry couldn't have been a woman for women and medicine were contradictory terms. It was still too much to imagine that any female could perform as brilliantly as Dr. Barry had done. So for that reason, Dr. Barry has been placed in the uh, annals of F- Fox of the Week because he was a forerunner in not letting the status quo, you know, dictate what mm-hmm. he did. And he took the steps he needed to to fulfill his desires to become what he wanted to be. So leading the way. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, one of the f- first doctors ever to carry out 
a cesarean in South Africa. Mad, yes, like mad. huge. Where did you come across this? It's a very interesting story. I've heard, I actually heard of this name a good few times when I was doing yeah. my research for my other thing that I was doing on famous Irish women. Um, and there's been bits and pieces in, if you look it up, you'll see like links on Wikipedia to little documentaries and things that have been done about their life and uh, yeah, fascinating stuff. So yeah, like not a lot of information about his childhood, um, but apparently it was going to be a tutor, but there wasn't educated to be a tutor, but there wasn't much work going. And his parents were kind of liberal and they had some liberal friends, but also kind of well-established mm. ones who had contacts. <laughs> and between them, they kind of hatched this plan to have what was her masquerade as a he to get into university. Um, and at any point where there was questions around, it wasn't around sexuality, it was more around... Um, or gender, it was more around physical, like they thought that um, he was very young, too young to be in medical school and okay, things like that because right, of his yeah. physical appearance. But these right. contacts stepped in and said, no, 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 you know, it's all fine kind yeah. of thing. So, but obviously very a very capable human being who, as I say, yeah. didn't let the status quo stand in their way and went on to achieve great things for a lot of people um, despite being entrapped in a gender that maybe was uh, not as accepted back then, you know. So um, there you go, Dr. Barry. Interesting. Very interesting. Dr. James Barry. There you go. Fox of the Week. Okay. Up next is number four. Four. So you're kidding. I'm going to talk about something that we have meant to talk about. I have probably meant to talk about, uh, what number of podcasts is now? 15? 18. <laughs> 18, Nicola. 18. Oh, my God. Um. So it was actually in the news this week because uh, it had a very positive impact on one Irish lady's life. But humans of New York. I love it. Have we not talked about this? (gasps) No, we never talked about it. And it was one of our ideas back in the day and we actually never covered it. So um, if people don't know what we're talking about, where have you been? Have you not seen the glory of humans of New York and had a cry (laughs) to yourself? Oh, my God. I was only talking about it earlier. Yeah, go on. (laughs) So uh, Humans in New York, in case anybody doesn't know, is um, basically a photo blog, um, to put it, I suppose. So it was was around before social media kind of took off, but uh, basically started in 2010. Um, It is basically a photo blog of the streets of New York and interviews uh, that uh, Brandon Stanton, who is the photographer that, that started this back in 2010, that he does with these individuals that he meets on the streets of New York. So it is also part of a book series. So he actually released a book of them in 2015 and it was on the New York Times bestseller list for something like 31 weeks. So mm-hmm. it's been massively popular. Um, it's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Ash Humans of NY. Mm-hmm. So you can find it on there. Um just again, I suppose to explain what it is, is you'll go on there, you'll see various different pictures of individuals, groups of individuals, old, young, whatever it may be, families, kids, lots of different things. And basically the people just talk about themselves and their mm-hmm. lives or why they're in that certain place or what they're doing or how COVID impacted them or, or whatever is going on in their life. Basically, they just kind of open up to this guy. So he must be such an amazing person because he claim like he gets so much um trust from these individuals Mm -hmm. that he talks to you know that the posts are just so personal and so like 
eye-opening and emotional and really kind of is a varying you know it's just varying what people say sometimes it's funny sometimes it's sad Mm -hmm. sometimes it's devastating someone could talk about a loss that they're going through whatever it may be um it hit the news this week well in ireland in the last few weeks because i don't know if you read this story but but there's a scone lady oh (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah. go on yeah so this woman in new york so mary um so she actually has a mary o'halloran she has a bar in new york an irish pub and obviously throughout the pandemic it had to close so it's in manhattan it closed and during the lockdown she decided to kind of put up her kind of Irish produce online Mm -hmm. to try to, you know, get money to save the business pretty much. Mm -hmm. So she started putting um, her scone recipe up online and um, as kind of anything basically to to, to try and make a bit of money. Mm -hmm. So she was actually interviewed by um, our man, Brandon, who did a story on her for Humans New York and... Uh, when it was posted, it got over a hundred. She got over a hundred thousand orders of scones. <laughs> oh my god! In like a twenty-four hour period. So on Facebook alone, two hundred ten thousand views. Her uh, story, kind of explaining her journey um, and what what had gone on during COVID nineteen and all that. So in that, over those those course of a few days, she got all those orders over and um, worth over. Uh, one million dollars from all across America including like Virginia Idaho California Colorado people were just so inspired by her story mm-hmm. and kind of heartbroken for her mm-hmm. so he actually followed up with her on the day that the blog went live and mm-hmm. he was with her when all the orders were coming in so he was able to kind of follow up on the story itself but it was just so lovely so um she actually does like stuff where she kind of feeds New Yorkers that are in need and things like that. So again, people like really, you know, obviously admired her and appreciated what she did for the homeless people mm-hmm. and for the homeless kitchens around New York. So, um, in typical Irish mammy fashion, Mary didn't bat an eyelid to the inundation of orders she received and is likely to just get on with it, which I love. <laughs> so that's just one story. There is literally thousands since 2010. But oh, if you're it. looking for... I don't know, a bit of joy in her life. Go yeah. and check it out. So at, at Humans in New York, like we could literally spend, yeah, yeah we're just talking about the various I'll tell you about one more on that's really stuck with me. Like often, mm. I went through a phase there, I'd say in the middle of COVID, where I was reading that a lot. And I think maybe it was because I needed my faith in humanity restored. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I used to read it just before I went into bed at night. And I think it was my algorithm or something as well, because it kind of showed up on my Instagram around 10 o'clock at night, you know, and Mm. it was like a nice thing to read just before going to sleep. And it's generally a life affirming story. You know, it might be sad or it might be Mm -hmm. just a tidbit of like a little story about something rather than a life story. Um, But I always found it kind of comforting, you know, but one that went on, like when they when he meets somebody particularly and they're all interesting, but I mean, Mm -hmm. particularly interesting he'll spread it out over a couple of days and he'll do a, f- mm. a few installments. And one he did of, yeah. was that had about eight installments was Tankery. Did you read Tankery? No. About Tankery. Oh my God. This woman is unbelievable. So Google it or go on and find her. She was like a player in New York in the 70s. She like worked in strip clubs. She 
had the most amazing life. She had all these stories about how people worked and how the industry worked and the strip clubs and how who took advantage of who. And she was married and she wasn't. And she was in and out of love and people were in love with her and she was broke and she had to run away. And oh, my God, the oh stories. God. Somebody's bound to make a story of her life. But like literally... Yeah. People were hanging on every word of these updates, you know, and she's such a character. She's still knocking around. She was actually really down in her luck. And like that, mm. they raised loads of money and she's being looked after really well now and stuff. But, you know, she was one of those people, a bit like Iris Apfel, like had her complete own style. And no matter yeah, what, no matter how easy. poor she was, she'd have something mad on wearing. She'd be wearing something mad and oh, just... An amazing life story. So, yeah, like definitely check it out. That's I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet. I think that was probably the first one of the first Instagram accounts I ever followed as a kind of like an account for the sake of following an account, you know, rather than, you know, a friend or a brand or whatever, you know, like this is for kind of pure entertainment purposes and in the best way. You know, because it's a good thing. It's a good story. But um, yeah, I remember I don't know, did, did the New York Times run it as a kind of a column originally? I think as it well? was originally a column, yeah. yeah. I did read that yeah. somewhere. Now I did look it up more today and I couldn't actually see that, but mm. I think it was originally Way a back column when. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. literally this guy used to like walk down the streets and talk to people and take their photograph and find out their story. And yeah, it was brilliant, brilliant idea. Yeah. Mm. So and, and the thing is, like, it's often they just go straight into it. They don't really give you any context. They no. just have a picture of somebody and they're just talking about their life. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that people open up and tell you, like, it's just yeah. it's it kind of just reminds you of like how different people's lives are around yeah. you and like how, you know, I suppose that's why we should all have such respect for each other. And, and yeah. you know, and he does interview people from lots of different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like you know what his own I suppose like group or whatever it may be like he he introduced so many different people and different background and different cultures and all that so Mm -hmm. interesting but you could literally spend weeks reading them there's so many now it definitely is like a multicultural like a view of how multicultural New York is because yeah like people of all ethnicities people with all Mm -hmm. different types of backgrounds genders sexualities everything like it's really lovely um And yeah, there was one there, like an example of just a simple story, which is kind of more Mm -hmm. what you get was this girl who she's a doctor and she was talking about how she runs 10 miles to work in the morning. But that when she was a kid, she hated running and all that. And her dad was a runner and Mm -hmm. he used to run marathons, but he got cancer. And when he did his last marathon, he had like a big growth on his neck and everything. But he insisted on finishing that marathon. But like basically he got sick after that and died. And she never ran, even though he tried to encourage her, she never ran with, you know, when he was alive. But then she decided coming up to sort of some um, anniversary or something, she was going to do it for him. And she just got this running bug and she's been running ever since. But the story was so lovely, you know, and there was pictures of her. And I'm sure one of the pictures, her dad was Irish. And I'm sure one of the pictures, she's in Ireland running, you know, and um it's just just a story, but it's like now I feel she, she she says she feels sorry that she didn't run while he was alive, but that she feels close to him when she yeah. runs now and that Aww. she loves running, you know, and yeah. and she kind of treasures the pictures of him in the marathon and all that stuff, you know. So, yeah, it was fab. It's yeah, really it's nice. so fab. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. And like, really, if you're looking for a bit of a, I don't know, like not, not pip talk, but if you're just need a bit of faith in humanity uh, restored, then just have a look at humans in New York. <laughs> Yeah, it'll give you a good feel. Totally. So and you could buy the book as well. Out. Exactly. I'd say it'd be lovely. Yeah. Uh, coffee table book. There you go. OK. Uh, number 
five. Five. So, Kelly, are you going to tell us the music is coming back to Ireland? Boo! Live music is set to return! Hey, how can you guess? Oh, very funny. Uh, yeah, so obviously, I was actually waiting to hear whether that cabinet meeting had signed off on it, but um, yeah, it's going to be happening come next week, you tell me. Um, and then there'll be other things like return to offices and gatherings like communions and confirmations will be allowed to go ahead as well in time. So, that's pretty wow. exciting. Uh, but in other major music news this week, there were Two losses, um, two bohemets in the music world, Charlie Watts and Lee Scratch mm. Perry. Um, and actually there was a near miss with Oasis drummer Tony McCarroll had a heart attack. Oh, There's another reason to feel old. But anyway, so Charlie Watts, as you may well know, was the drummer with the Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. probably the biggest band in the world. Um, he was aged 80 and had played with the band since 1963. They had discarded some other drummers before that. And when Charlie joined Mick Jagger, he said, Charlie Watts gives me the freedom to fly on stage. Charlie was first and foremost a jazz drummer and that meant his beat often had more swagger and groove playing to Jagger's performance. Um, he was famous for not being a traditional rock and roll star, preferring to keep himself out of the limelight where possible. Uh, in 1991, he told the San Diego Tribune, I don't know what showbiz is and I've never watched MTV. There are people who just play instruments and I'm pleased to know that I'm one of them. I've listened to a few interviews with him in the last couple of weeks and he did seem that way, like very down to earth. Um, he had he had a patch he went through where he was like a bit off the rails on drugs and stuff. But and apparently Keith Richards was the one that put him right, which is hilariously mm, ironic. Mad. But um, <laughs> yeah, so tributes, p- tributes poured in, as you would expect from the great and the good of the music industry. And uh, yeah, he was seemingly a very, very good guy. Um, Lee Scratch Perry also died this week. He was a legendary singer and producer from Jamaica. He was a pioneer in reggae, hip hop, dub and dance music. He had much success in bringing the sound of Jamaica to the world with his band, The Upsetters. But it was his producer role he became most famous for. His studio experimentations, which included early uses of sampling and remixing, helped lead to the creation of the dub genre. He worked with bands like the Beastie Boys and the legendary Bob Marley. He created, he credited, he is credited with helping Bob and the Wailers become a political and spiritual group. He won a Grammy in 2002 and was nominated four other times. So Mm. rest in peace, Charlie, and rest in peace, Lee Scratch Perry. There you go. That's the music news this week. A bit sad, all of it, but there you go. Yeah, it was also sad those uh, two people from Gaga Box. It was terribly sad. Yeah. A few deaths in the media kind of industry this week. That was really sad as well. We're obviously very big, diehard uh, Gaga Box fans. fans, Yeah. That was mad as well, but anyway, yes. in uh, yeah, in good news. So we, um, yeah, COVID might be fecking off. Well, I mean, it's obviously going here, but like at least mm. we'll have life again. So that's a good sign. <laughs> I know I'm laughing because so. it's kind of going the other way here. There was like a weird off the cuff briefing by Nicola Sturgeon during the week, and we mm-hmm. everyone expected some restrictions to be reintroduced because the numbers are through the roof. Um, but again, it's that thing of like. Yeah, we all knew the numbers were going to go up, you know, and yeah. you have to hold your nerve until it gets to crisis points with the hospitals, you know. But um, yeah, I, I'm i trying to just kind of ignore it all and go along at the moment and hope for the best. But yeah, I think we just have to get on with it. We have to get mm-hmm. on with it. And in good news, uh, FES2 this weekend, Aww, your baby girl. Yeah. It's hard we'll to believe. <laughs> what a bloody weird two years. But yeah, hard to believe. But um, yeah, so she doesn't know. So we're not really doing much. <laughs> <laughs> Such a bad mom. Um, no, we're going to go. I think we might go to the zoo on Sunday. Oh, that's a lovely idea. Yeah. Do they still have pandas in Edinburgh Zoo? Yeah. 
They do. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've still never seen them. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going on Sunday. So hopefully that'll be nice and the weather will be OK. Bad. And that's kind of her birthday outing because it's Estelle's birthday in a couple of weeks. We'll have a party then. So uh, they can both celebrate then. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah hopefully. It is exciting. Hopefully the weather will be all right over the weekend. I think it's supposed to be OK. So that's that. And, and I'm uh, getting on a plane for the first time. Yay. On Friday, going yeah. to our lovely cousin's uh, triple christening. So exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'd love to so. be going to see all the gang in London yeah it'd be lovely yeah. it'd be weird now to see how getting on a plane feels like and all of that but yeah I say so now I don't mind because we're flying over at Erlingus and I feel like that's a joy but coming back then at Ryanair and we used to get the train from the city but um it should be fine again I just think kind of to get on with it now I'm definitely going to do a few engine tests and stuff after you know to make mm-hmm. sure that things are all okay and all mm-hmm. that jazz but mm-hmm. yeah I'm really looking forward to it kind of yeah a little bit apprehensive but still like want to do the same thing as always get to the airport early have a drink bag, <laughs> have a drink you know I want it to feel as normal as possible where are you, where are you flying from <laughs> Cork while it's still open it's open yeah. until the 12th I think oh. so if people don't know Cork Airport is actually closing which is the most stupidest Stupid news of all mm-hmm. time for three months while they do the tarmac mm-hmm. of the runway although uh, the airport had technically been closed for about a year because of mm-hmm. Covid but anyway sure and can you get a drink on the flight Irish I wonder can you, can yeah, you, you can, I think. Oh. I think I don't know about Ryanair but I know Aer Lingus you can alright but um, oh interesting yeah, sure, it's a short flight anyway. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be weird. I'm looking forward to going to the UK again. Yeah. It'll be like a little holiday. So I'm No, it'll be lovely. It'll be lovely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the. We'll, we'll be back in the same country short for like the two landmass. days. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, um, we will be back next week, peoples. And... Uh, Keep yourself safe in the oh, meantime. Oh, yeah. And if people want to just share, you know, the podcast, it'd be brilliant because uh, we obviously have our loyal listeners, which we really appreciate. Mm-hmm. We'd love to get a few new people listening. So, you know, we like talking to lots of people. So if anybody <laughs> if would like could. to sponsor the show, you know, we've <laughs> never said that before. Sponsor the show, right? What we'll do is the money you sponsor, we'll take two to three percent and buy alcohol with it and then the rest of the money we'll put into marketing the show I think that's a good deal yeah there you go there good you deal. go good or deal. if people want to suggest one of five things for us we can cover other topics also so <laughs> yeah. feel free to suggest some topics to be covered mm-hmm. you know if you want to hear our that shit opinions on it actually my friend Jess texted during the week to say you need to talk about this thing the it's the ro- robot um, Hoover thing so we'll talk about that maybe someday. <laughs> Random. I love it. But yeah, any suggestions, feel free to send them on on Instagram or Indeed. Twitter or whatever you like. Cool. All right. Thanks, Stay everybody. Stay safe, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.